0: at mikecrock.com forward slash book that's mike c-r-o-c.com forward slash book go get yourself a copy and subscribe to the what are you made of podcast on itunes spotify or your favorite podcast platform if you like watching these it's available on youtube at my channel mike c-rock Scirocco. now enjoy the show welcome back to another episode of what are you made of with your boy mike c-rock man guys listen I've been bringing you some great guests and I try to just one-up, one-up myself over and over and over again. And today I think I've done it again. Lucinda Cross is with me, my friend, Lucinda Cross. I forget how we got connected. Was it Clubhouse or was it uh, LinkedIn? I can't even remember.
1: Do you remember? It, we knew each other from LinkedIn, but it was Clubhouse that sealed the deal.
0: Okay. Yeah. So Clubhouse has been fantastic for meeting people, making connections and solidifying connections that we already have. But let me introduce you real quick, Lucinda Cross. She's a, actually a fiercely powerful motivational, we're going to hear this, I want to hear how fierce you are, uh, motivational keynote speaker and master at empowering and inspiring audiences with her relatable insights and life lessons that help people to take action. She's a best-selling author of The Big Ass 21 Keys to Get Everything You Desire and Deserve. She's worked for big companies like Nike, Prudential Securities, Delta, Essence Magazine. Come on now. Help me welcome... Lucinda Cross to the What Are You Made Of show. Welcome to the show.
1: Hey, I'm here.
0: <laughs> so, so uh, you know, we always start the show with my main question, as you can see on the wall, for those of you watching, you got to turn your head a little sideways there. Uh, what are you made of? Lucinda, what are you made of?
1: Uh, I'm made of uh, loyalty. That's what I'm made of. I'm made of loyalty. I'm made of hustle. And network. I can't really say hustle. I like to live nice. I don't like to work too. You know, that hustle word is a bit much, but I'm made of that, you know, if I have to put in that work. So I made of steel. See, I yeah. made of Yeah, steel. <laughs> I love that.
0: I, you know, I, I tell people when I go on podcasts, they ask some questions about me and I, I say I'm a superhero. And yeah. some people are, right? Some people are afraid to say that. Like, you got to tell people what it is because when I was a kid, I wanted to be a superhero.
1: And why can't I be a superhero now? Listen, I have a series of crowns from leather to you name it. And I'm just made of just that royalty. And people are afraid to say that, but that's that's what we are, right?
0: Yeah, how are people gonna think highly of you if you don't think highly of yourself?
1: You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah, so uh, take me back, I wanna dig a little bit. I don't wanna hear, you know, we we can hear some stories and all that, it's not about being a victim, but what you've been a victor from growing up, where you came from, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Absolutely, grew up in New York City, you know, had fabulous parents. We just was, we were just struggling, poor, you know, living in the projects, New York City housing, not realizing that we were poor. I didn't realize that until I got into college. I was like, wait a minute, you guys, you have uh, colorful labels on your food? Mine is just black and white. It's no frills, but, um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, growing up in that type of environment and just, you know, I had a lot of the women in my family highly educated and that was the path for me to go. But I was considered the black sheep of the family, the one who always just went against the grain. And I embraced that as I got older, but um, that black sheep mentality, meant that I wanted to do things differently. I seen things differently, but I took a wrong turn in college, even in my first semester. And instead of, you know, graduating with my peers in four years, I was in federal prison. And so that's something that I had to overcome was the statistic and the label of a black female from the projects, uh, poverty, and now coming out of prison, like, society wants to throw you away and cast you away for this one mistake, but I, I beat the odds. I beat the odds. Like,
0: so, so, so tell me about that. Like, man, cause like we talked, we talked offline before, right? Before we had this and you know, like any of us could do, done some stupid stuff and, and, and been caught. Right. Like that feeling, man. And then to just, when you were in prison, like what was that like, first of all, and then what did you do to keep yourself sane and like knowing that you were going to bounce back,
1: you know, inside, it's, um, it's full of just like, it's hopeless. It's, it, it's just the scent of grief and fear. And, you know, being young at that time, I was 18, 19 years old um, and I had 28 co-defendants. It was something where I was, you know, once again, looking for um, some type of empowerment or encouragement, and that's definitely not the place I had to create that for myself, but um, inside was horrible. You know, and I, and I tell girls even now when I go and talk to Penn State or wherever, I'm telling them, listen, don't you know, don't chase the money, please, don't chase the money because where you'll end up is is not a, a place that some people can't handle. I've watched grown women crumble uh, mentally and never come back, and so for me, it, it was important for me to keep my mind right. But the goal was to come out, go back to college, repair my relationship with my family. And start my business. And coming from such a hopeless place, Mike, to be honest with you, it was more hopeless when I came out because a lot of women were complaining about things that we were dreaming about. You know, there's a saying that the the richest place is the grave. I heard Les Brown say that. And I think the richest place is the prison. You have people who are able and capable of doing great things and amazing things. And, you know, they're just stuck. And so, but coming home was the discouraging piece because. Looking for a mentor, looking for some support, just because you've went away, they automatically think that you've done something horribly wrong and you, you don't deserve a seat at the table. And I had to fight through that, but to watch women voluntarily incarcerate themselves every day, complaining about their relationships, complaining about their jobs, complaining about, you know, their situations, and it's like, well, you're free. Do, we call it the free world. You're in the free world. Do something about it. You know, I come from a place where I had to be told what to eat, when to eat, when to go to the bathroom, when to shower, right? Washing the same orange clothes or sweatsuits. And you're here complaining and and you have such free will. And I, I just didn't understand it coming out, you know. And then even the competition level, it was like, man, I just need someone to give me some guidance. And, you know, here we are today. That's part of what I do. But um, it was, it was difficult. It was yeah, the- so, t-
0: so so when you got out, take us th- take us through that. Like what, what was your first opportunity that you took advantage of finally when you got out? Like you really started making some money or you started making an impact? Like what was it?
1: So besides going to school, because when I came out, went straight to the halfway house, because it was uh, a federal uh we call it bid, a federal bid that I did. Um, went straight to the halfway house before I was able to be released to my mom. Um, but the first thing that I did besides signing up for school and going to get a job was looking actively for a mentor. And I linked up with a mentor, you know? So I started making some money, started working at a job and, you know, now it's just, I was fighting to repair my name. So everything that could add more of who Lucinda Cross was and less of what 39312054 was, was important to me. Um, And so getting- Whoa, whoa, whoa,
0: you still remember? I mean to cut you off, but you still remember it?
1: Oh, I'll never forget. You got to say it every day. You had to say it every day. I mean, I'm in my 40s now, but still, it's just a fight for your namesake.
0: Yeah. yeah, You know? Yeah. Man. Well, look, so then you uh, decided to write a book here at some point. When did that happen?
1: So after linking up with my mentor, he was um, just so gifted in helping people and women. And he said, you have to write a book, you know, writing a book, uh, you know, you get into, you want to get into business. I told him I wanted to get in business. That's what I'm in school for. He said, well, you got to write a book about it, you know, and you got to write several books and then you have to be open with speaking and sharing your message and maybe it's not that message you do it when you're comfortable but he trained me in how to share my message to make impact, he trained me the importance of writing a book you know my first book. I sold plenty of copies, you know, it was an Amazon bestseller, which is not hard to do when you're effectively marketing, but it was all jacked up inside. And I tell people, listen, do it. If you got to do it, do it ugly. And then you perfect it along the way. But, you know, it led me to write other books, other best-selling books. And, you know, I'm proud of those now. Now, why did he
0: decide to mentor you coming out of prison and all that? Like, why? Tell us a story how you got him.
1: You know, people
0: listening, looking for mentors.
1: Yes. So I am big on vision boards, right? And I knew that I needed to connect with someone who was doing what I needed to, that I wanted to do at a young age. You know, my mother's a double psychology major. I'm reading books. I'm reading psychology papers inside of prison. I'm reading about Tony Robbins. I'm reading about um, Aylan Van Zot. So I did a lot of self-help work, even, I mean, starting at the age of 16, 15. And so mentorship was already embedded that you need to connect with someone who's doing greater and doing things that you want to do and so I put that on my vision board and in the process of me trying to interview and get clients for my business even though I was still in school I was great at writing uh business plans marketing plans presentations good at writing of course coming from prison but um and a psychology major mom but uh You know, I was going to meet a client at an event and my mentor was there and I just heard him speak. And it was just, you know, when you know, and when you're ready, you know, the teacher shows up, right? The master showed up and I was ready. And I said it every day. And I did my research. I have to find a mentor. I went to score. I went to SBA and it just didn't hit. I needed to see someone moving and shaking, making the money. And when he started sharing his accolades, he was on Oprah for as a young millionaire and he was on this and on that. And he's getting uh, contracts with IB. I was like, wait a minute. But it wasn't only that. It was that. It was his heart as well. His heart for the people. And so after his presentation, he said, anybody have any questions? And I looked and I said, man, let me just raise my hand because everybody was afraid because he was so powerful. Who who is it? If you don't, can I ask? His name was Andrew Morrison. Andrew Andrew Morrison. Morrison. Yeah, he's now building schools in Africa doing, he's just doing the absolute most. So I have to, he keeps me on my toes. But, um, I said, do you, can you mentor? And he was like, well, if you are sitting back there and you see, I'm selling some books, come on up here and let's get started. And I'm not easy to work with. And, you know, normally I would charge for something like this. And he said, and I said, well, can I take you to dinner? I probably had like maybe 20 bucks left in my pocket, <laughs> but i you know, you do what you have to do to get what you need to get. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it was just like, listen, I just need a moment to sit and talk. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm going to do the work. And I think that's what mentors need to hear. Mentors, coaches, he was a business coach. You know, they need to hear, are you willing to do the work? And um, I said, listen, these are the skill sets I have. I'm willing to put in the work. I can't afford it right now, but I understand your value. I'll sell your products. I'll show up where you're speaking. And I just needed to be a sponge. And he taught me everything I know.
0: I wanted to take a quick break here to remind you that my book, Rocket Fuel, is available for sale now at mikecrockcom forward slash book. That's mikecrockcom forward slash book. Go get a copy and share it with your friends and family. It will change lives, guys. I will not let you down. Now, back to the show. Yeah, you know, that's something that, like I've always banged my head against the wall with when I know the answer to help someone. And I know the answer, and they don't implement it. They don't do it. They're not willing to do the work. They sit there and look at you and listen to you, but then, man, I can sometimes, most of the time, just tell when I'm talking to them, like, I know this, this person ain't going to do what I'm telling them to. Exactly. Like that. And it drives, man. But you know what? They need to know that help is important. Help is available. Help is possible. And they have to know what the definition of help is. So many people have the the wrong definition of help. They think help is something that's really uh, warped. Uh, they, they, They have like a, you know, somebody took advantage of them when they, when that word help was used at some point, and then they, they don't want help. So they shut off to it. And then that's the type of people that you just can't do anything. And then they resent you if you try to help them.
1: And run uh, away. Right? I call them, I call them assholes. A-S-K-H-O-L-E-E-N.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that. that's also in my book, um, The Big Ass, but I call them ask holes. Those are the people who just keep asking for help, but they never take any action. And then they blame you for the action that they don't take. And I told him straight off. I said, listen, what you tell me to do ethically, of course, but what you tell me to do, I'm going to do. You tell me to write a book. I'm writing a book. You tell me to do. He made me, there was times I was sitting there in his office and it was hot. And he's like, make that, make another sales call, make another sales call. You're sounding soft. Money doesn't like soft. Money loves speed. Money needs direction. And he was just constantly on me. And I would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so not showing up tomorrow, but I said, if he's willing to pour into me, I need to pour into myself. And, and I would, think that's what people miss out.
0: Yeah. And without knowing the exact reason why, like, like Mr. Miyagi back in the day, right. Right. I told him wax on, wax off. And Daniel's like, ah, man, I don't understand why I got to do this. Just, just do it. Right. Like if you if you got, if you found the mentor, he's where you want to be, you're doing what you want to be like, be doing, you got to trust what he's doing, man. And just, t- just yeah. follow it. Right. Yeah. I, I'm always talking about being very urgent with action but patient for the end result,
1: Ooh, patient for the right. vision,
0: because, well, you, you need to have the but, but for it to be appearing to you, because if you're too, like, not, you know, lack patience on, on, on seeing those results, or the end results, man, then you're not gonna be willing to continue to do what you need to do to get it done. So uh, we, we're, we're on the same wavelength with Cinda, definitely. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so tell me about the big ask. What is the big ask? I know it says 21 keys to get everything, but what's the big ask?
1: It's going into people not asking for what they want, not showing up for themselves not doing the proper preparation you know even up until this last thing i just recently got signed on with verizon as their comeback coach and you know people are like well how did you get that can you connect me and i'm like wait a minute did you do the work that you needed to do you know and so it's it's being clear on what you need to ask for and the 21 keys you know and and i wrote the book because i interviewed hundreds of men and i interviewed them asking from all different backgrounds, corporate to entrepreneurship, to nonprofit, their approach in walking into the boardroom. Men, all, mostly, I would say 90% of them said, they'll go in, wait, if they hear a no. The, the next question is, what do I need to do to get a yes? Women, what I have seen happening, and the book is for both men and women. If you have a hard time asking, get the book. But women, on the other hand, would count themselves out at least 20 times before they even got to the doorstep. Is my hair all right? Is my presentation right? Is the pages folded? Like men, they will walk in. Listen, and they're going. To, they're going to pitch that thing out. And then women were count ourselves out at least twenty times, from what I've seen in my observation and study, is that they count themselves out before they even get the opportunity to get a yes or a no. And so it's really a book of permission. It's a book based off of study, and I have no problem with asking, right? I have no problem with showing up, but. It took me because I was trained by lions to get to this point. And um, I don't want to leave anybody behind. Go get what you need to get, you know? And sometimes we don't because we're fearful from the last time we asked, running into ask holes and not getting our ass together and half asking it, right? You know? Yep. So, so, well, so about just preparation.
0: It, you know, here, here's the thing I'm big on definitions, right? So yep. I always look words up and even words like ask and help and things like that. Well, we think we know what it means. Right. But see what happens, like you said, they run into ask holes or, or they've had bad experiences with asking. Yeah. It all warped. So that's why they're afraid to do it. And really when it comes down to it, you ask for something, you get a yes or a no. <laughs> I yeah. mean, what's the end of the world? Like, I, I mean, so it's just kind of like retraining yourself, kind of like getting some of that stuff out of your, that, that
1: junk out of your head. Right. Absolutely. And yeah. finding out where did it come from? Like you said, and releasing some of that stuff, you know, people, You know, what I talk about in the book is just removing the fear, the doubt, and the uncertainty. Those to me are like the three greatest sins, you know, outside of distraction. But, you know, just removing some of that grit and unlearning to learn again, to stand up for yourself, but also do the work. I can't tell you, Mike, how many times, I don't know, you run across it. People want to make six, seven figures, eight figures, but are you willing to do the work? You know, are you willing to ask yourself, you know, what do I need to change? What do I need to do? you know? And so,
0: yeah. 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 So <laughs> let me ask you this. So when you got out and then you had your mentor and you started working and I want to know like what you visualized then and how it's evolved to what it's become and what you're going for now, like, how's it changed and evolved?
1: So back then I was doing, um, I see myself helping small business owners as their back end, and what I started to create was other virtual assistants, marketing assistants specifically to work on the back end. So I seen at that time an empire of supporters on the back end of business owners. What happened is now I'm in a position of being a teacher of teachers and leader of leaders in that industry to help those who do have that network to say, all right, how are you, you know, making coaches better, making speakers better, you know, making authors better. Um, and so it shifted, um, it's still in my sweet spot of marketing, but now it's creating a platform to say, all right, how can we help more of these best kept secrets? So before it was fine with being behind the scenes. And now I got a taste of what success is about. And I'm like, wait a minute, everybody needs a little taste of this. Not everybody, cause some people's great behind the scenes, we need them. But man, those best kept secrets, those Dalmatians, I want to work with you. Let's, let's, get, let's build your platform. And so it changed um, drastically because then, I, didn't, I wouldn't even have thought that I would be on television or come on, a spokesperson with Verizon. Like I would have never thought, you know, those things would happen. And even, and I, and I toot my horn proudly because people say, oh, you know, I put, toot my horn because I worked hard for these things. But even like getting a Lifetime Achievement Award from President Barack Obama, like that is like, this girl from the projects, who went to prison, you see it and you know, but it's the work. And so I would have never, the vision back then was quiet, now it's like. Well, what what sparked that
0: uh, Lifetime Achievement Award? Like how did that come about? Like
1: Someone who was watching inside of the administration, seeing my work at a presentation that I delivered, followed the work that I did both with my nonprofit and my for-profit, put me in some type of recommendation. I don't know what process they go through. And then they reached out and I was like, is this email a joke? Like, (laughs) like, is this a joke? And then, you know, before I know it, you know, I'm in the Bahamas and I'm getting, my kids are screaming and yelling like, mom, there's something from the White House. And I was like, no, 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 no. But
0: yeah. It goes to getting attention in the first place, right?
1: And making sure that you know, not even realizing that I was creating relationships that I was nurturing, right? That was a relationship that I nurtured that didn't even know that she was well connected, right? And so,
0: yeah, yeah. And so, have you had experiences as you as you be getting more well known and and having successes and all that? Like whether it's people coming up into coming up to you and saying, "Man, Lucinda, it's Lucinda. Oh, that's Lucinda. <laughs> Lucinda's in the room." And that kind of thing. Like has that has that like. Have you gotten used to that yet? Like sometimes when people like I pop in a clubhouse room and they're like, Oh, C-Rock just popped in a room. I'm
1: like, I'm just, I'm just an ordinary guy. Oh, I said that. I was like, wait, I was like, Oh, I'm in the right room. So when I see you in the room, I said, I'm Come in the now. right It used to be, it used to be like that when we were in public and I had conferences and I would speak at events and you know, it's just people was connecting with me authentically because I'm open about, you know, my ebbs and flows, but and now, you know, no, it's like, but if they know if Lucinda's in a room, this is going to be some good, real, raw stuff, you know? And and yeah. I love the fact that they can rely on me to bring some truth. I love that, man. I
0: love it. So Clubhouse, talk to me about Clubhouse. Like, first of all, when you got first got on, you know, for me, when I saw it first, I'm like, oh shit, this is, I'm going to have to be real intentional with this. And I'm going to have to ec- have an exit time. Yeah because I, it's just not gonna, otherwise it's gonna be bad. And some people are falling victim to it. They're on there like all day and you know, yeah. I don't know, some people are probably making money from it, I'm sure, but other people are probably losing all kinds of productivity. But first of all, how did you approach it and what kind of value you see in it going forward?
1: So at first I really didn't understand it. I was like, well, what is this? I'm just gonna join. I got a couple of invitations from some people and I was like, I, I can't join another new thing, um, but I enjoy it, but I know how to pull myself away. To me, I love the platform because it allows you to listen. It's like a live podcast all day and you can listen to a full gamut of topics. But um, I don't understand. Some people are like, well, we've been in here for 12 hours and I'm like, how did you get work done? How did you eat, shower? Like, who's getting some loving tonight? You, yeah. you, you all on here? Like, I love my my life too much to be now. If I'm driving, I put on a Clubhouse, you know. If if it's a Sunday, I'm clean. So I have to be strategic too because at first yeah. I got into into the whole matrix of it, and I'm like, ping, ping, ping. Let me let me chime in. What's going on? But I had to detox yeah. and say, put the Clubhouse down, step away from the phones. <laughs> <Lucinda."
0: laughs> now, do you feel like when you get in there, do you feel like you have to you have to talk like? like sometimes like you hear a topic and you're like man this is me i got i got to get in here. Come, let me get in here come on it's yes, my turn yes like, you yes know that, that too
1: yes yeah. i do i do yeah,
0: and yeah. then yeah
1: i do and then sometimes i'm just invited to talk and i'm like well you know i'm actually listening while i'm in the shower
0: <laughs> right so, right yeah. but
1: um yeah i enjoy it you
0: well yeah no i do i i love it um you know i'll pop on just and you know here's the other thing to be quite honest you know, Grant Cardone is a mentor of mine. Grant Cardone says money follows attention, attention mm-hmm. follows money. So look, I mean, if somebody calls me up on stage, even if I'm in the middle of something, I'm going to go up on stage and sit right. there and let, and let my face, my little face be on there. And some people, right. some people have a problem with that, but those people to me are quitting on what their mission is. If they want to get known. Cause if That's you right. want to get known, you want to impact the most amount of people with your mission and your, and your, whatever journey you're on, you gotta, I mean, look, Grant pops on there all the time. Yeah, you know? And everybody like says something. So get, get a picture there, sit it up there, take a moderator button, whatever. Even if you don't have the time, that's let it right. sit there and chime in, man. I don't, I'm not going to apologize for that because at the end of the day, anytime somebody sees me, that's attention.
1: That's right. And I'm mm. not going.
0: You know, that's so right. that, and then also the connections that I've made the ability to reach more people that don't go on some of the channels that I'm on yes. um, is, is fantastic because, you know, I think for both of us, like, you know, you, you've had that, man, that Lifetime Achievement Award, man. And you're only in your 40s, really? Come on now. I, right. I'm not there yet. But for both of us, though, there's people that haven't heard of us.
1: Right. You know? right. And to
0: give us an opportunity to connect with more people. And uh, because I think that both of us, we, we're not playing big enough games, each of us. I'm going to challenge you. We need to play That's a bigger right. game. And there's so many more people out there that need to hear our message.
1: Challenge accepted. I want it. Let's go. Let's go higher. I'm with it.
0: So, so as we wrap down here, wind down here, wrap up, whatever we do, um, can we get your, in, you know, your input and take on what rocket fuel, by the way, so I'm all about taking setbacks, letdowns, discouragement people, people that disappoint you, things when you mess up yourself, yes. and taking all that stuff that usually stops or slows people down and storing it in your tank instead of your trunk mm. and converting it into rocket fuel to take you into outer space away from gravitational pull right and becoming unstoppable and indestructible what is your take on rocket fuel
1: to me rocket fuel is it's an alarm that's set off it's an alarm that you can't ignore it it grabs your attention it's it's the fuel that you need but to me when when i hear about it and hear what you're you know what you're bringing to the table it's like the alarm is on let's let's go you know it's 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 go time right now and so you know, that's all I just keep, bring me alarm, ring me alarm, let's go. You know, Rocket Fuel is here. Wake it's it up. A, it, it wake up. And and it's a different taste. It's an acquired taste that you gotta be ready for because it, it's not like fueling yourself with alkaline and water. Rocket Fuel is saying, when you get a taste of this, there's no turning back.
0: I love it. I love it, man. Much love from me to you. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. I'm looking forward to developing a relationship with you and working with you on some some kind of project in the future, yeah. Lucinda.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. And I, I wish you a wonderful weekend. And, uh, oh, by the way, how can my audience get in touch with you and engage with you further?
1: Oh, check me out. I'm Googleicious. You can go to lucindacross.com or connect with me on Clubhouse. Lucinda Cross or Instagram is one of my favorite places to play as well. Lucinda Cross on there.
0: All right, guys. And go get that book. Check that book out, The Big Ask. <laughs> and uh and and then and, and then take it when you buy it take a picture tag her on instagram let her know that you saw it let her know some takeaways yeah. it's the big ass 21 keys to get everything you desire and deserve until next time guys be good you've been listening to the what are you made of podcast with your boy mike c rock also go hit that rocket fuel book up at mike forward slash book that's mike c rock with no k.com forward slash book i'll see you next time thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of what are you made of be sure to check my website out at themikeserock.com, themikeserock with no K.com, and let us know how we can help you or your business reach its full potential. Feel free to leave a review or follow me on social media, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Mike C. Rock Scirocco. Again, thank you for joining me and see you guys on the next episode. I want to remind you that the Rocket Fuel book is available at my website, com forward slash book. That's Mike. C R O C dot com forward slash book. Go get yourself a copy. Thank you so much for your support and your listenership. It means the world to me.